a little bit of the bubbly. So I've been here eight and a half months, and I told you when I first got here, I kept I keep looking each and every day further and further up that ladder, and things getting better and better. What an old nasty dog! Welcome to the Market Movie Podcast. Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spavi. And we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. There we are. And we are going to be talking about Scream 3. But uh, we did want to talk briefly about uh, the Elimination Chamber that happened. Was it last? Was it this past Sunday? Saturday. This past Saturday. 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 I forget. Pay-per-views has moved to Saturdays now. It's just odd to me. Growing up, whether it's on Sundays, it's just a, a strange feeling. Um, oh. um, but I can understand why, because it, it it conflicts with other stuff that happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, the <laughs> Brandon said so. I I told Brandon. I said I I was really like I really enjoyed something like that. With uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Roman Reigns, and he, he was like, "No, that's storytelling." You said it was fun. Yeah, like, it was fun. <laughs> that is masterful storytelling at its best, and it was, it was, it was, it was. They just they didn't book it right, um, and he's lost momentum. So, which is. What I kind of figured would would happen, they're gonna put him and Owens up against the Usos for WrestleMania. And it's just it's not the ceiling for him, but you know they made it the ceiling for him. Yeah, so yeah, I think that I think that you know it's, they they backed themselves in the corner because they had such a great storyline with Sami Zayn and his uh, his treatment with the his him trying to. Getting good with the uh, with the bloodline, mm-hmm. and then uh, to turn around and getting good with the bloodline, but then at the cost of like destroying his his best friend and destroying that relationship, and uh, and finally deciding no, I'm not going to do that, and standing yeah. up to a bully, and they back themselves in the corner because now at the same time they have this Cody Rhodes thing happening, and it just, I, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot. I think that it would have been great. I think it would have been great that Sammy, it's the best story of Sami Zayn defeats Roman Reigns. I, yeah. I think. I, I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, I think Cody's going to get booed. If not at WrestleMania, shortly after. His story just, it, it's, it's a nice story, but it's, it's not as interesting as Sami Zayn's. So who I, else? Who else has a title other than Roman? Nobody. Roman is the guy. He's the guy. He's the only guy. That's the only thing about combining the the titles, man. Is you just make it that, and you know, like like I think Cody could have had a better storyline with someone else, maybe. Uh, that you know that, that well, will give it a little bit more oomph. 
some people are saying he doesn't deserve it. And yes and no. What he's done outside WWE coming back, he does deserve this spot. But storyline-wise, he's just beat Seth Rollins, and he came back after an injury and won the Royal Rumble. So I understand storyline-wise, he doesn't deserve it over Sammy. Uh, but he does deserve the moment. Come on. I mean, he's went through a lot. He's transformed himself in to the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. So I I hope he wins, but still Sammy, I feel, had a better story around yeah. WrestleMania season. So yeah, I agree. I agree. And maybe maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how it will I I don't know how you can really land the Sammy Zayn storyline to make it where you can still feel a push unless Roman wins against, you know, uh, Cody. Cody. And then, like, Sammy defeats Roman maybe later. I don't know. But WrestleMania would have been a great moment for that. Um, but yeah. It's just, but anyway, uh, that's the main thing that I gathered from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, the matches, um, the best match was the one with, uh, the dude from uh, Street Pro- Street Pro- Profits is that what they call Party something? I don't know. I don't know these kids, but <laughs> but that that one that one uh, I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the one he, he dates uh, Bianca right Belair. I have no idea about their personal lives, <laughs> but uh, I think one of one of them do. Um, I'm not like I really don't know. Uh, about but that. I, I really enjoyed that one, though. I thought that was a really good one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed all the matches. I, but I thought that elimination chamber match was the best. Uh, I thought they all told a pretty good story. Uh, the one that kind of backfired is to me was Brock and Lashley. Just the story. It's the mm-hmm. it's the rubber match, and you end up in a DQ because. I'm assuming Brock didn't want to put him over, but you, you don't know. I mean, it was Triple H's call, I hear. So it just, for a rubber match, you don't end on a DQ. And yeah. it looks it looks like it's going to be Brock versus Omos, if, that, if I'm pronouncing his name right, the big giant guy big. that's with MVP. Um, that's just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a disaster. They push um, uh, Unos, Uno, whatever his name is. I don't know the guy, uh, but I did want to. I did want to mention with that one elimination chamber match. I was thoroughly impressed with uh, Austin Theory, and uh, I think he's he's such he has such talent. Um, also, um, oh uh, John Johnny Gargano, uh, Johnny, Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I really love him, man. I thought I thought he was very entertaining as well. So, yeah, I mean, I like to see the new blood that's out there, man. It's just not really watching it weekly, and when I come to watch a pay per view, I'm like, I don't, I kind of come in lost. But you know, but I do enjoy seeing some of these, these talents. I don't know what they're doing with Bray Wyatt. I think that they're not doing. They're trying to make him the next Venom, I think, but it's hard. It's a hard sell. You know, I watched it with Dawson. He actually watched every match but the Brock Lesnar match. And he kept calling the next phenom, as you say, Damian Priest. 
he says he's just he's got that look. I was like, good eye, Dawson. He does have the look, and he's very talented in the ring. And if if they went that way, I could see it working over Bray Wyatt. Yeah, well, I think about Damian Priest. Um, for one, I think he's the embodiment of uh, I think he's the embodiment of of uh, Razor Ramon. He he has that swag for Razor. Yeah, uh, but he also, but he has athleticism. You know, mm-hmm. he's very agile. Um, uh, but so I really enjoy Damian Priest as well. Um, I think all in all, it wasn't a bad pay per view. Um, shut that door. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah. Any any other things you have for uh, Elimination Chamber? No, I mean. Uh, I'm glad Oscar won, but uh, no, nah, there's nothing really to talk about there. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, there's nothing really. All right, so let's go ahead and get into, as you said, I'm, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be uh, for Screen Three. Uh, came out in 2000. It is the third. Is the it was supposed to be the last. Of the screen film, it was the trilogy. It was the third film, which at one point in my life I thought they was the weakest of the three. Um, I think I might have grown a little bit more on it than uh, than I was. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, I don't because I feel it's still the weakest. (laughs) I mean, I like it. I like it, but I, I feel it's still the weakest entry. In the franchise, but uh, yeah. once again, we I have. Like, uh, I was just gonna say I like it less and less every time I watch it, though. So it's, you it's like losing. it less and less? Yeah. Oh, wow! Well, it's just doing the opposite. Yeah. For you, uh, so it stars again David Arquette returning, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Arquette at this point, uh, Lee Shriver. So let's talk about Lee, Lee, uh, Lee Shriver, Cotton Weary. Still hurts. Oh, R.I.P. Cotton Weary, man. They uh, it, it, but they needed a death that was gonna be, that's gonna gain the audience attention, and it's the way to go. <laughs> Kill Gail. Kill Gail. <laughs> okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> but they killed Cotton Weary, which I, he was a fan favorite. Um, yeah. and uh, and I still like Cotton Weary, and I and that's a death that's very impactful for me. Uh, so, but they also introduced this dumbest element, and I absolutely hate this element. And I noticed by watching the show, the TV show as well, they do this too. As far as I think, I don't know. Don't spoil the show for me, Brandon. <laughs> but the, like the the uh, the the voice modulator, the thing that that can copy perfectly other people's voices, I think it's the dumbest thing. I think you. I think it's the dumbest thing. Well, uh, I mean, the, they had to try I, something new. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they poked fun at that uh, in the the fifth screen film. Actually, you know, screen with a flamethrower, and he's like a he's like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, I can understand having to try something new, but I hated the voice thing. I thought thought it was just 
the dumbest thing. And, and the way that it's able to copy and mimic, even when you're not talking to him on the phone, when they're screaming, like Cotton Weary, like with that scene with Cotton Weary, it was just, it just got on my nerves. But yeah, it's just, did you like it or what? I mean, it didn't bother me. Uh, I was kind of curious how he got Cotton's voice, but then you f- he's part of the movie. So it's part of the new Stab movie. So I feel this one, though, you should have been able to tell who the killer was right off the bat. Like, it was going to be Roman. Everything. Could, yeah, could I can tell. tell. Yeah, I, I, there was no shock value here. Uh, it was Roman from the get-go. You know what? I, I was just going to say, I thought, there, I thought Lance Hendrickson's character could have possibly played a role, too. They basically did nothing with him, which is sad because he's an icon and a legend in the in the business. But um, you know, maybe he was uh, there to, to throw you off. The uh, one lady that played uh, was supposed to play uh, Sydney in the uh, stab film. Yeah, uh, Angelina in the original screenplay or one of the screenplays. She was going to be a killer with Cotton Weary. Um, with Cotton? Yeah. They should have went that way with Cotton. And then that's why her character was kind of left to the side pretty much, you know. Yeah. But she was going to be like, she was going to be exposed to being like actually somebody that was like a classmate of uh, Sydney and was mad that Sydney become famous for the whole stabs. Stuff, and she wants that. She wants the fame, and so she hooked up with Cotton, and that's how that happened. Uh, you so, know, recruited her. So the plot of part four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, like, like it's recycled. Everything's recycled, man. Every, like they literally say, "Well, we're gonna use it here. We're gonna use it here. We're gonna use it here." It's like Dan Mancini, Don Mancini with uh with uh child's play stuff. He 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 doesn't throw anything away. He just uses it. He repurposes. Oh, he should throw a lot away. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. But you know, with uh, with the uh, Kincaid, I thought uh, they trying to make it look like he was the killer. And there's one scene that was really very telling is when because uh, the killer doesn't never has Sydney's phone until after Dewey yeah. lets Kincaid use his phone and uh, and then that's immediately when the killer calls Sydney uh, from the home line not the office line so this is her actual phone number that, that he's calling uh, and the only way to get that is from uh, Dewey because he's the only one that has it other than maybe Sydney's father. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that was just... It, it is a loose end, man. I, I don't know how he get he got the numbers. How, how, was, how was Roman able to get that number? I mean, Dewey was on the set, so I'm, I'm assuming when he was not looking, Roman grabbed the phone. I, I don't... It's a plot hole, but, you know... I don't know. I I just assume he somehow got the phone when Dewey put it down or something. Mm. Which 
I guess Dewey, Dewey probably felt safe there. He didn't probably think there was someone would go through his stuff or anything. I mean, he was in like, what was he? Uh, I forget what he called himself. He, he was the, I don't know. Advisor? Yeah, he was the advisor. Um, but I did like, speaking of the advisor and slash security, <laughs> you had, you had the, uh, Patrick War, Warburton, and this, aka The Tick. And uh, I love I love that guy, by the way. He's like, I love, he says, listen here, dude, Rock. <laughs> I'm the one that has, you know, I've protected blah, 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 blah. You know, why don't you just take orders from me, buddy? Why don't you take, you know, tell, like, take your, follow my lead, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I love him, man. Um, and also the introduction that I like, and it's funny, because you hate Gail. And I can, uh, and now me doing this with you, I'm starting to hate Gail too, Brandon. I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> you rub it off on me. But Parker Posey, I absolutely love Parker Posey in this. And and I wanted more Parker than I wanted Gail. She played a good Gail. I mean, she played but, Gail better than Gail. <laughs> I, my, one of my favorite lines is uh uh you were uh what did, what did she say? You were uh you were lying about the data, and you know, whatever she said, like when she was talking to um, uh, Lance Henderson, yeah. uh, uh, that was so funny, man. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find that quote. But, like, the other line in this, show, in this movie that I absolutely loved was uh, uh, when Roman was like, uh, Roman was like, would you have to shut this down? He's like, he was in a movie. He's in a movie called Stab. He was stabbed. <laughs> I love that line. I love uh, that cop. <laughs> it's like everything's yeah. like a, a a joke to him, but he doesn't. His delivery is like, like serious. <laughs> very dry, very dry delivery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know who uh, um, who I. Uh, uh, thought was going to be in this movie. You mentioned you wanted you would love to add a Dawson's Creek type of uh, uh, you know, scene. By the way, I found this out in looking at something. I was looking at uh, the kill count. So I, I, I credit Dead Meat. Um, I, I found out that this the same location for uh, Lance Henderson's house in this movie is the same location that was used for Halloween H2O. It's a cool. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the exact same location. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, I was hoping for... Uh, I was hoping... I think that they should have went with the original idea with having it be Stumacher. Um, and I think that would have made more sense because they were going to kind of pretty much get coach high school kids into being killers and going after this and recreate the screen yeah. uh, with, the, with the original people, which kind of what we got him for. <laughs> yeah, without Stu. Without, without Stu. Stu. But, uh, I mean, I would have preferred a Stu uh, 
reprising, I mean, Matthew Lillard reprising the Stu character. Um, if it's even been considered, that is something the fans want. You know, I, I would I would love that personally. Um, it's just the whole Roman thing. It's just it's. I don't want to say it's dumb, but it's just it didn't feel like Scream. You know, it, yeah. it went against everything Scream was for. And like mommy problems. I mean, I get it with Billy. He had mommy issues, daddy issues. He had all kinds of issues, <laughs> but it just. I don't know. I didn't like there, it. There was there, yeah. There was some cast. There's some people in here that was pretty terrible. Uh, like you knew that uh, the moment that um, what's her name? She's really big at the time. Uh, what's her name? She's uh, uh, Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. Um, yeah. The moment that she said, "Well, I die." And I'm, I'm only in two scenes, and then I die. And this is literally the second scene that she's in. So, like, you knew she was going to die. It's like, yeah. you know, it's just like Roman being the killer. I always thought that was pretty weak. Out of all the ghost face, I will say that he's the weakest of the ghost face. Yeah, um, he is. So, yeah, literally, like, we went from, in my opinion, the best ghost face being and Billy to a pretty good ghost face being Mrs. Loomis and Mickey. Uh, yeah. I think Mickey's still a pretty good ghost face. Very convincing. To Roman, it makes zero sense. Like, in the in the whole saying that, well, he was there from the beginning. That's why they pretty much, I don't think they really discussed him ever again in any of the other movies, right? No, but they bring him back on for Scream 5 when he was on Dawson's Creek. You see him on screen for the Halloween episode they did on that show. Um, so we took it at Dawson's Creek in a Scream movie. So, But I, feel, I honestly, after thinking about it, I feel that the reason they didn't go with uh, Dawson's Creek theme for this movie, since it was in Hollywood, is probably because Josh Jackson was in Scream 2 as a different character. So... And then also Kevin Williamson at the time that he was, uh, so they had to do some rewriting. He didn't. I don't. I don't think he wrote for this one because he was busy. Yeah, with, he gave him an outline. Yeah, he, he was busy with teaching Mrs. Tingle. I think that was his. Um, and I think he started Vampire Diaries in two thousand. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, he also said Dawson. He also uh, he did some some rewrites to something on. Didn't he have something to do with the Falcony, or is that not him? No, I don't think that's him. Uh, think so. But but essentially, Kevin Williamson was super busy. Yeah, uh, he was super busy, in which you know serves him right, man. The guy put out the guy keeps putting out great television, great stuff. Uh, like he didn't just, follow. Didn't yeah, follow yeah, that's why. That's just that's what I just seen that and I was like, of course he did, which was a great show. <laughs> like the if those that are listening to this or watching this, you never seen the following. I suggest you watch the following. Now it doesn't end the great, but I'm not gonna spoil it. But I just think that it's for what it's worth. It's a really interesting show. Yeah. Did you watch the following? 
Oh, I watched it all right. <laughs> I love that show, and I was very disappointed when it got canceled. But, um, yeah, I was trying to see what he was doing at the time. <clears throat> I know teaching Mrs. Tingle, I think it's his directorial debut. Um, but I, I can't I can't find it. But, yeah, um, he, uh, let's see, directing. Yeah, teaching Mrs. Tingle. came out in 99. So, uh, but he was like, it came out in 99, but he just finished doing that, writing. So he was probably shooting Mrs. Tingle when they were shooting Scream 3. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's probably what happened. But it just came out before. Because uh, Scream, Scream 3 was shot in 99 as well. Uh, but it got pushed back because of Columbine. Uh, because the plot was initially, like I said, Stu Mocker uh, coercing like teenagers, high schoolers to start doing the being ghostface, uh, and so they didn't want they didn't want to set up that type of idea that you know movies influence murders in school, which I can understand that, yeah. um, but this is like remember back in ninety nine how shocking mm. Columbine was. Whereas yeah, was. now we're kind of hate to say they were desensitized to school shootings in the sense of uh, they happen so frequently, which is a sad what, thing to say. You know what that did, though? That inspired people to do more. Like, I remember, I think it was at Olmsted, still at Olmsted then, and this guy's little brother said he was inspired to bring a gun to school and, and kill people. He never did, but he was inspired by what happened there. And it's just, it's sad, yeah. but it, it influences people. Yeah. Hey, I was right, by the way. Uh, Kevin Williamson was wrote the screenplay to, to the faculty. Oh, did he? I mean, it, I didn't think he did. I I wasn't aware of that, but, you know. But it makes it, sense. It feels, like, it feels like his work. Yeah, he is such a brilliant writer, and I'll give him credit, man. Uh, too bad, like, I didn't really care for teaching Mr. Tingle. I know where he's going with it. I just didn't think it's such a landing. But writing and producing, I think he's excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I 100% agree. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so we have – you mentioned this last night when, when, you, when you messaged me, that how that this movie – how did the how did the uh, Weinstein how did this get a pass? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I honestly believe this that Wes Craven was taking a shot at Harvey Weinstein Weinstein all through this movie, like and exposing him and letting people know without saying who it is. Now everything that's come to pass is like oh. Yeah, he was kind of letting people know back then, 23 years ago. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea how they let this get greenlit. You know? Yeah, I think that, I don't know, maybe Weinstein felt like he was untouchable. But, yeah, I believe, honestly, I do believe that that was, uh, uh, I think it was Wes Craven, like, sticking it to him. Yeah. You know, uh, which God bless Wes for that. Um, but, yeah, um but yeah, man, this I can't believe this. Bad. But it's such a it's 
this movie is a hard it's a hard one to watch because of all that. Um <clears throat> you know, essentially Maureen Prescott uh went to Hollywood to become an actress, like many actresses do, and uh, got caught up in the casting couch. Got caught up in the that that type of atmosphere. And uh and it had long time trauma to Maureen where she was a uh, she was very promiscuous, you know, outside of her marriage, which ultimately led to her death. Um hate that Roman has something to do with it now. Um but you know, it made yeah. more sense if it just Billy Loomis and uh Stu saying, Oh, we're gonna get her. She is the reason for this. And then the motivation behind Mrs. Loomis makes sense too. Oh, because uh because you killed my son. Yeah. I'm I i will not you dead. I understand her motivation. It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. Um now Mickey, yes, he just wanted to be famous. I can understand his motive motivation as well. Because he's just insane, and that's what he thought. Uh, but Roman, well, I hate that. Well, what I will say about all of them, mm-hmm. and there's at least one killer where it's really personal. At least one. With all that's of them. Nice. Is that Mrs. Loomis? Yeah, she was, it was personal because Billy. Um, Roman's personal because of Maureen, you know. Um, it's not so much... I guess he wanted. I guess he just wanted to kill Sydney too. I, I, it's it's hard to really. I don't know. Uh, figure his brain out. <laughs> why he waits so long? You know, after Billy and Sue tried, why he waits so long? But yeah, I, I think it's it's all been personal, at least with one killer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, uh, and um, I think that also Roger Corman uh, pops up at the studio exec. Who Roger Corman is known for movies that scantily clad women, uh, the those B horror movies, like kind of like the movies that that they said that uh, Lance Henderson's character made. Um, yeah. Speaking of cameos, I know you hated it, Jay and Silent Bob. I didn't hate it. I just it felt random. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I enjoyed seeing them, but it just. It felt so out of place in a screen movie. And then Kevin Smith uh, returned to favor a year later, I think, with uh, Dan Steinbach Strikes Back and he catch Wes Craven uh, in that movie as a can- with a cameo in the James Steinbach movie. Uh, I-, I was thinking maybe they filmed at the same time. But, but it is very random. It's a random cameo. They have the best cameo. I love Carrie Fisher not being Carrie Fisher. I thought yeah. that was great. She said she the sister said that Carrie Fisher slept with George Lucas to get the part as Princess Leia. What if that was true? <laughs> you never Leia. know. I mean, you never know. <laughs> Don't make that a short. <laughs> Don't make that a short. <laughs> oh. What if it was true? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta mean, remember. It was during that time. I mean, you know, they said the 70s, right? It's a hell of a time, man. Uh, Princess Leia. I mean, George. honestly, if it's true, it wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, as Lance Hendrickson said in the movie, um, Hollywood isn't for the innocent. That's no. true. It's yes, not. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, man, um, I thought that was. I thought that was a good good little cameo um, with Carrie Fisher. Um, and also, Rena Reynolds, is, she's, I didn't realize this. She's named after uh, Carrie Fisher's mother, uh, whatever her name is. Debbie Reynolds? Um, yeah. Yeah, she's named after her. Um, oh, man, this movie. Uh, yeah. Now the hey the sequence that scared me is the sequence with the ghost Marine Prescott. I will say that the stuff with the ghost mother, ghost mom, <laughs> freaked me out. Uh, like the scene where she's like walking, like and she's and she Sydney looks up and she's at the window. Every time, like I remember watching it and just being freaked out. And you want go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. That whole sequence. Reminded me of a Dawson's Creek episode. Because <laughs> Kevin Williamson did the exact same thing with Dawson on a movie set. <laughs> really? Yeah. Same exact storyline right there. So I, I kept watching this, like, and just free, just thinking about Dawson and his his uh, ghost on this movie set that happened to be not real, but it was just, it just made me laugh at the whole scene. If I hadn't seen Dawson's Creek, I'd probably have your reaction. But since I had seen it, and they kind of make fun of it, you know, that she supposedly died on this movie set, and, you know, and she's now a ghost. She haunts the sets. And it's similar that she's haunting Sydney's life. What, is, what even is happening in Dawson's Creek? Is he, are they actors? What, what I thought they were high schoolers. What even is the show? Uh... It, they, they they are high schoolers, but they eventually graduate. Dawson goes out to film school, gets hired as a DP, I think, on some horror film. You know. Are you got to spoil Dawson's Creek for me? No, you asked. I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay, just wondering. Yeah, I will eventually watch Dawson's Creek. I'm gonna bite the bullet and do it. Uh, maybe the same time you watch Star Trek. <laughs> You don't like Star Trek. I love <laughs> Dawson's Creek, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, the Trek is going to get mad. I do like Star Trek. This, this next generation has been hard to get through. That's all I say. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, I think that um, it, I was going to bring up uh, somebody. Um, the uh, the set, the the scene where Sydney goes into, like on the on the set, and they recreated her house and then Stu's house. Um, I thought, man, they they did a really good job paying attention to details. I thought it was really really well. Like I was just looking at it, I was like, man, God, I didn't notice that the refrigerator door was open in the garage, and it and the beard is broken where the fight was. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, man, I thought that was really good. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was cool. This movie is, has cool stuff, but it is the weakest out, out, out of the film. Um, yeah, it's got know. the weakest, I feel it's got the weakest characters in a screen film, it's got the weakest kills, 
Um, You're not really invested in any of them, really, other than uh, uh, Parker Posey uh, and Dewey, uh, and then maybe Nev uh, or Sydney. Uh, But I I wasn't really invested in uh, the guy that got burnt up in the fire. Uh, I wasn't, especially wasn't invested in Roman. Uh, And uh, definitely wasn't invested in uh, (laughs) Dion Richmond, who played Tyson Fox. He was supposed yeah. to be the rant character. Now, his death, you, you should have ran faster, brother. Man, you should have ran faster, bro. Uh, don't don't be on carpet, bro. A rug where they can pull it. And he, the fall and then, like, you just thrown. Maybe the a, brother survived. I doubt it, though. He had a better death than Hatchet. <laughs> he got his arm tripped off. He wasn't Hatchet. I forget yeah, he, he was. was in Hatchet. Oh man, he's also in not another teen movie. That's he was. That's all I know. But uh, those he's he did three memorable films, I guess you could say. He, uh, he so uh, just so you know, he was in the Cosby Show as Kenny, oh. aka as Bud, Rudy's best friend when he was a little kid. Uh, so he he got to start on the Cosby Show. I think I remember. Uh, so I, I always. Associated with his bud, uh, so uh, but yeah, his, his his filmography is limited, my man. Oh, he's still working cloudy with the chance of Christmas. What in the world? Uh, the show called Arif. What what Matt? Like he's just, he's in psych. That's something, buddy. Um, Legend of Awesome Maximus. Okay, so that's where you going with it. He was in like those dumb ripoff movies, like Mile Another Scene movie, which wasn't bad. I like that. But he's in a lot of those type of stuff. He was in National Anthem Van Wilder. The first one? The first one. Don't remember. I don't, don't remember him at all. Uh, but yeah, okay. Anyway, I wonder where he's working at these days. <laughs> I wonder if he's customer service. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's clearly still got jobs, right? But uh, we can go ahead and ready to go ahead and shoot the dog, I guess. Well, uh, before we do that, I will ask Rick, you, Randy. What now? What about, about Randy coming back? Oh no, no, no! I mean, you, you did you want to speak on that? I thought it was. I thought it was a cool, uh, cool way of bringing him back because a lot of fans hated that they killed him. I hated that they killed him. Um, yeah. but that's a cool way of bringing him back. Um, and you want to know just, something? The what? first time I watched Scream Three and they they showed him, I immediately thought he's going to be the killer at the end. Really? Like, like he was in on it in Scream Two. Uh, he was just. It would have been better. <laughs> it would have been better if he would have been. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought it was cool to uh, maybe miss him, you know, because yeah. it's, it's not been the same since him. It's really not going to be the same without Dewey. But uh, oh, really want <sighs> But what was that say? I was just going to ask you. Uh, very end of the movie, Dewey proposes to Gail Weathers. Yeah. What is your thoughts on Dewey's love? <laughs> I guess for 
the meanest woman in the Scream franchise. I just don't get it. I don't know. It, what's more pressing is the fact that they always end up together at the end of the movie, but they always end up apart between the movies. Yeah. Now they're apart forever because Dewey's dead. <laughs> Thanks for the stab. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh man, I hate that. But yeah, maybe hopefully now that Dewey's dead, they go ahead and kill Gail. I hope so. You're going to cheer. You're going to mark out. I will. If she bites it, I'm cheering. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm cheering. I've been praying for that woman to die since Scream. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I hate Gail Weathers. I hate her with a passion. They killed the wrong one in Scream 5. They killed the wrong one. I was actually hoping she was going to die in Scream 4. Like, at the, uh, what was it? The The hospital scene. No, 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 no. Scream four. In the in the barn. In the barn. Yeah, thing, right? yeah. Yeah, I was hoping. I was like, oh please, please. Unfortunately, yeah. she's He's got like, star power. No. I rather have David. Yeah, I mean she doesn't have it anymore, but I think still at that point she still has oh. something. Also, you know, David Arquette is the one that convinced her to cut her bangs that way in this movie. <laughs> Because he was like, hey, you look like Betty Page. And she does not. She did not look like Betty Page. I love you, David Arquette. You're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate rib. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, all right, you ready to go ahead and get get some marks for the film? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the end, we'll find out that, of course, Roman is the killer. It's him all along from the very beginning. Uh, Dewey shoots him in the head. Uh, Sydney holds his hand with his rig. You don't know this dude. It's kind of like oh, that no. Michael Lori relationship. Yeah, but, you know, they have a real relationship. Not Sydney and Roman. It's not the same thing. They're not built the same. No. I direct. Shut up, Roman. She anyway. does that with Stu. It's built the same. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and give it two and a half marks out of five. Wow. I went, I went lower because you pulled it lower for me just to talk to you, Brandon. I love you, but it's uh, I was gonna end on three, but I, two and a, two and a, two and a half. I think you should go back up to three. I, it, it's come on, nah, it's two, a, two and a half. Five. Wow. By the way, people, Aaron likes this movie more than me. Yet I'm going to give it a better score than him. <laughs> I'm giving it a three out of five on the markout meter. Oh wow! It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did try to get him to push it up a little bit, but he said no. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> next week we will be watching Scream 4, which is uh, came out how many years later? Um, a lot. Like a decade later, I believe. Yeah. Scream 4 came out in 2011. Yeah, so, 11 years. 11 years later, 
like um, dang near ten years later, right? Uh, a little mm-hmm. bit over ten. Um, but yeah, uh, and yeah, underperformed. We, underperformed. Um, and uh, but tomorrow we plan on watching Cocaine Bear. Maybe okay. we'll give you a little uh, out, out of the movie theater uh, quick review. Uh, maybe a short. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. But Brent, no cocaine want... will be involved, though. I promise you that. <laughs> no cocaine. Um, Brandon, uh, what do you want the people to do? Oh, man. Not hurt. I tell you, my back's hurting. Uh, I would like for you to like, share, subscribe to our Markout Movie Podcast channel if you have not already. And Hopefully you enjoyed our review of Scream 3. Also, uh, check us out on our social media as far as Instagram. Uh, I am uh, Aaron Knows Movies. Uh, Brandon is Film Guy. 1985, I think. Or maybe it's just 85. I'm not. You know, we don't work. Uh, so Brandon's on there too. I'm on it, uh, yeah. Uh, and then also check us out on the Markout Movie Facebook page and our on our YouTube channel. Check out our shorts because I'm going to try to post a short. I don't know what it's going to be yet. It might be Carrie Fisher. It might be Brandon's hate. Oh no! no. Uh, the hate for Gail hate is, is 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 I think uh, two thumbs up worthy. Uh, I don't want to get it out there that Carrie Fisher slept with George Lucas for a role in Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there, Brandon. But uh, <laughs> she said it whoops. first. She said it first. Now she did, so we never know. Oh, George still around here, but he ain't talking. Yeah, but anyway. But it is funny. She's never worked with him since the Star Wars trilogy. There you he hasn't go. been part. Of, he's, he hasn't been part of the new ones. So there you go. There might be something to it. Look, George, oh, George may be a Harvey Weinstein. If he's one, then Spielberg's got to be one. And I can't believe that. We can't We can't do that for, to Spielberg. We, can't. We, we don't believe that about Spielberg. But anyway, all right. Well, in the meantime and in between time, I'm Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon, that guy, Spivey. Thank <laughs> you for marking out with us here on the Markout Movie Podcast. Uh, Thank you, and you have a great rest of your evening.